This morning, I want you to take your Bible and let's turn to a very familiar passage of Scripture in the book of Proverbs, chapter number 3. Proverbs, chapter number 3. I want to ask a question this morning. Are you ready for what's coming? You might say, what do you mean by what's coming, preacher? I think we all know and understand that this is an increasingly wicked world that we live in. And as we approach the coming of the Lord, it's going to be more so that way. If you're watching the news and you're paying attention, it's not just in our own country, it's all around the world. Uh, things are taking place, and if you are not careful, you will develop a heart that uh, uh, is fearful. That's not what we're to do. Job 14, verse number 1 says, Man that is born of, of woman is a few days and full of trouble. And we all can expect uh, that sometimes uh, trouble may come our way just from the fact that we live in a sinful world. Amen. I mean, it's part of living in a sinful world. John 16, 33, even Jesus warned. He said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He said, We're going to have tribulation as believers. He told that to his disciples there. Isaiah 57, verse 20 and 21 says, But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. On the other hand of that, there is peace to those of us that know the Lord. Amen. But sometimes that mire and dirt gets smeared on even believers. 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 1, we're familiar when Paul told Timothy that uh, in the last days perilous times shall come, and he followed that statement with a description of those uh, days that reads like it was made in the time that we're living in. He says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away, he tells us. And then later on in that same chapter, he told Timothy, he said, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And just bank on it. If you're going to try to live for God, uh, some trouble is going to come your way. And he says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And we can look at the day and time which we live. We know that to be the case, don't we? Evil men are multiplying. We're seeing an increase in evil. We're seeing people just being mean for no reason at all other than just to be mean. It's unreal what we're seeing with uh, and what's happening in the world today. The bottom line is that we know that something bad could come our way because of the nature of this world. Amen. Don't think that you are exempt just because you are a believer. It, it could happen to any of us. Also, as we look at our own dear country, and I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm about to say. I love my country, but I'm saddened by what it is, has become and is becoming. Because it's getting increasingly worse as well. Because of the wickedness in our country, especially in high places of leadership, 
We know that our nation is already experiencing some judgment, but even greater judgment will fall one day. It's kind of like the times that Jeremiah lived in. He was telling the leadership in, in Israel, he, he said, uh, listen, judgment is already coming down on you, but greater judgment is fixing to happen. And what did they say? Oh, that's not the Lord. You know, the judgment that they saw uh, that was there, they tried to blame it on something else. Said, wasn't it the Lord? And what we see in our, in our day and time is they want to blame climate change. And everything's blamed on clim climate change, no matter what you want to talk about. They say it's not the Lord, but it is the Lord. The Lord is angry. The Lord is upset that we've allowed over 65 million uh, unborn babies to be murdered in the womb. He's upset with the, those that are in charge of our nation. And we could get caught up in that judgment as it, as it falls in different areas. Don't think that you're exempt from it. So what I'm asking is, are you ready for what's coming? I know that all that I've said can be unsettling for some. But our God knows all of this. And He is in control. Amen? God's in control. And He does care for His own. Amen? He does. And 2 Timothy chapter number 1, verse 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we are not to fear. What should we do? Well, that's something I can help you with this morning. Let me summarize it in one statement, and then I will break it down for you. And here's the one statement. Make sure that your heart is prepared for whatever might come and for whenever it might come. Amen? Be prepared. And I'm going to tell you how to prepare. Amen? How does one do that? Well, Proverbs 3, verse number 5 through 7 says here, and it's just encapsulated encapsulates what I'm going to be uh, saying this morning. He says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Now we know the world is all involved in evil. They don't fear the Lord. But we that are believers should fear the Lord to make sure that we are living the way that we ought to live. Amen? We should. Uh, but trusting the Lord, and that's what we want to talk about this morning. Uh, as we ask the question, are you ready for what's coming? Number one thing I want you to see, and, and I'm going to ask a second question here, do you have God's peace for whatever might happen? Do you have God's peace? Uh Look at John chapter number 14. John chapter number 14. And uh, we're going to, from this point, and in, in, uh, the, the, we're going to be using a few verses here out of John 14. In John 14, of course, we know our Lord was about to go to the cross. There were some troublesome days for the disciples that were about to come. Jesus knew all about it, didn't he? He did. And. He told them, he says there in John 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Look down to verse 27. As he told them, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So, do you have God's peace for whatever might happen? 
And, and with this, do, do you have that peace with God that comes from God's pardon through Jesus Christ? Amen. You've got to have peace with God first. Isaiah 57 verse 21 says, There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. But I'm glad he gives peace to his children. It's sad how many people don't have any peace in their life because they don't have Jesus in their life. But listen to me, that shouldn't be true for those of us that know the Lord Jesus Christ. If we know him as our Savior, we ought to have peace. And if you don't have peace, he's not in the proper position in your heart. I mean, you may be saved and on your way to heaven, but, but you, you are not, you're not uh, uh, living in the peace that he wants you to live in. Isaiah 9, verse number 6, is a prophecy that speaks of the Messiah that was to come and said, His name shall be called the Prince of Peace. And we know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Amen. We know that Jesus purchased our peace on His cross. The Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians 1, verse 20, that Jesus made peace for us through the blood of His cross. And that's how we get that peace, with God. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross of Calvary. The Apostle Paul also wrote in Ephesians 2.14 that he, speaking of Jesus, he is our peace. Is Jesus your peace this morning? If not, you need to make sure that you come and, and get that peace that only he can give. Ephesians 2 verse 15, uh, Paul said further in Ephesians 2, he said, having abolished in his flesh, talking about Jesus, the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain, one new man, so making peace. Jesus made peace through the blood of his cross. Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's how we get that peace applied. He's purchased the peace for us, but we really can't have it until we have faith in what he did for us there on the cross of Calvary. Now, he, he died for our sins, he was buried. He rose again the third day. Uh, and all that's according to the Scriptures. That's why He came. Amen. He came to do that. Psalm 29 verse 11 says, The Lord will give strength unto His people. The Lord will bless His people with peace. Are you His? If you're His, He will bless you with peace if you look to Him. Make sure you belong to the Lord. Having peace with God by having God's pardon in your life by faith in Christ. Second thing that we see, and I want to look at a couple other verses here in John chapter 14, is this. Do you have that peace of God that comes from having the fullness of God's presence in your life through His Holy Spirit? See, God saves us. And at the same time, He gives us the Holy Spirit that comes in and takes up residence. And as we live in the fullness of the Spirit, that brings about peace in our life also. Look at uh, John 14, verse number 16. Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter. And that word another means another of the same kind. One just like Jesus. He'll give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. Listen, once you get the Holy Spirit in your life by, by salvation, He's not going to leave you. Now, you, uh, you may not be full of Him. Uh, if you don't, you don't have His fullness, you may think He's not there, but He is. Look at uh, verse number 15. It says, If you love Me, keep My commandments. 
And I'll pray the Father, he shall give you another comfort in me, abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, notice this, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. What a, what a blessed promise that we have from the Lord Jesus Christ uh, to give us the Holy Spirit when we when he saves us and to, that he uh, is with us uh, all the way to through the end amen uh, Hebrews chapter number 13 verse number 5 and 6 says let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have for he hath said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee uh, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. In these troublesome times, there, there are things that might stir fear in our heart, but listen, if we got Jesus in our lives and we got the fullness of His Spirit in our life, listen, we, there's no reason to fear. We, we know that uh, Satan and his forces, I uh, mean, the, uh, the best they can do is, is take our life away. I'm talking about, talking about our physical life, but we, he can't take away our eternal life, our spiritual life. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. But listen to Psalm 42, verse number 5. says uh, The psalmist wrote, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? He's talking to himself. You ever talk to yourself? Well, see, he was, he was down. He said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the countenance of his help. Sometimes we just need to say, wake up, boy, and, 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 and trust in the Lord who is with you, and that he will take care of you. Don't, don't get uh, uh, so down in this world, because you're blessed in the Lord. Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love joy and peace listen if you want peace in your life it's going to come through the fullness of the spirit in your life you're going to get that love joy and peace that peace comes and uh you can you can have peace in the midst of a troubled world so we talked about god's pardon we've talked about god's presence do you have thirdly do you have the peace of god that comes from having your mind stayed on god's person We'll say that again. Do you have the peace of God that comes from having your mind stayed on God's person? Now, the next verse I'm going to share with you was the very, very first text that I used when I preached here uh, uh, in view of a call. It was uh, Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4. It says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. And that brings us back to uh, what we just uh, read there in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Amen. We are to, to, we are to stay our mind upon the Lord. And as we, our mind stays upon Him, and as we trust Him, uh, He gives us at perfect peace, He gives us His everlasting strength. John 16, verse 33 Jesus said these words, These things have I spoken to you that in me you might have peace. That's where peace is found, it's in Him. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 Now the Lord of peace Himself give you peace always by all means. 
I'm going to say it again. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace, always by all means. Where does it come from? It comes from the Lord. Amen. You want peace? Look to the Lord. Uh, you're not going to find it in this world. You're not going to find it in the things of this world. You're going to find it in the Lord. If you're going to have peace, you're going to find it in the, in the Lord. It's not going to come in making sure you've got uh, plenty of, of guns and ammunition. That's not where it comes from. It's not going to come from you prepping, you know, and making sure that, well, if something happens uh, in our country, I'm going to have plenty of supply. I ain't going to have to worry about it. No, you're trusting in the wrong thing, if that be the case. Let's trust in the Lord, amen. I'm not saying that we ought not to prepare for some things, but I, I, I am saying that if you're, if you're trusting in your prepping abilities, if you're trusting in those things that, that you can do, your, your trust is in the wrong place. We need to trust in the Lord. God's pardon, God's presence, God's person. Here's the fourth thing. Do you have the peace of God that comes from God's promises? The, not peace... This is not, I'm talking about, not talking about peace with God here now. You've got the peace with God. Well, do you have the peace of God that comes from God's promises? Psalm 119 verse 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Do you love the Word of God? If you love the Word of God, you're going to be spending time in the Word of God. Sadly, so many people are spending so much time watching uh, uh, news that their heart's full of fear. Rather than spending their time in the Word of God and getting uh, your confidence in Him and having peace in your life. You, he'll give you peace from His Word. Proverbs 3 verse 17 says, uh, talking about God's wisdom, says her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. Peace is found in God's wisdom which is in God's Word. Amen. Amen. Do you have, fifthly, the peace of God that comes from godly praying? Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You tempted to fear? We all get tempted to fear, don't we? I mean, there's some things that will stir fear in you, but if you'll remember... I need to go to the Lord. <laughs> I need to look to the Lord. Pray for Him. Get His peace. The peace that passes all understanding. He will keep that in our hearts. Amen. Do you have the peace of God that comes from God's presiding? From God's presiding. I'm talking about His control. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God, listen to this, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Does the peace of God rule in your heart? Does it reign there? Or are you allowing fear to reign? Are you allowing something else to reign? Listen, let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. Jesus is Lord. Are you acknowledging that? Listen, if Jesus is Lord of your life, there is nothing to fear. If he's Lord. Now, he told a group in his day, he says, Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Huh? Are you doing what the Lord says? Huh? You can't really say that he's Lord unless you're following his ways. 
if Jesus is Lord of your life, then there's nothing to fear. So do you have God's peace for whatever might happen? His pardon, His presence, His person, His promises, His prayer, and presiding in your life. Here's the second and last question. Do you acknowledge God's sovereignty in all of the affairs of life? You believe that God's sovereign in all? You believe He controls everything? I do. The Bible says He does. He controls. Realize that whatever comes our way will not catch God by surprise. God is not surprised at anything that's happening. He's not going to be surprised at anything that comes in your life tomorrow or the next day or the next week or the next month or the next year. He's not surprised at all because He knows the future. Look at Psalm 121. Psalm 121. I know we're using a lot of scripture this morning, but you, you folks know by now, after almost 15 years of hearing me preach, y'all know I use a lot of scripture. And if you want all those scriptures, uh, all you got to do is just ask me if I copy my outline and I'll get it to you. Or you can go online. Uh, the, the PDF copy is there on our website. Uh, when, when you go to the sermon audio, uh, the sermon audio, it's always got the audio, the video, and it's got the, the PDF copy of the notes, my full PDF copy of notes, okay? What I'm preaching off of, you will have. So if you want to, if you got the ability to get on there, you can do that. If you don't have the ability, just ask me if you want a copy, and I'll give, gladly give you a copy. But realize that whatever comes our way will not catch our God by surprise. Well, Psalm 121, the psalmist says here, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. He said, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He, he that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth even forevermore. Listen, the Lord's in control. And, and if you're a child of God, the worst uh, that they can do is just usher you into the presence of the Lord. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> and uh, praise God for that. When considering any possible future event that may prove disruptive, and I ex I'm expecting more and more. We've had, had some in our state. Praise the Lord, we've been able to avoid most of it. And we still have had a few things that come, that come, come around here, but we've been blessed uh, far greater than, than some uh, around us. Uh, but uh, believers must recognize, you know, when, when, the, when a future event that proves disruptive comes, believers must recognize God's sovereign and unchanging character as the only true source of stability. He is our stability. He is our stability. We must live our life with a constant awareness that all of life's disruptions and uncertainties are in God's control, so we must have our hope firmly in Him. Firmly. I mean, that's the key. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not in thine own understanding. What does all thy heart mean with everything about you? <laughs> Trust in Him. 
even when it appears, well, man, this, this looks bad. But trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Amen? Proverbs 27, verse 1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And we don't know. It might be our turn tomorrow to face a, a large-scale disaster. I hope not, but we don't know, do we? James 4, verse 13 through 16 says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. He says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. For ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. I mean, don't rejoice in your bank account. Don't rejoice in the, in the things that you own. Don't rejoice in the, uh, in, in the things of, uh, uh, of materiality that you have in this life. Rejoice in the Lord and that you know Him. Boast in the Lord if you're going to boast. Here's another thing. We must understand that God has a master plan and is working in the affairs of men to bring his plan to pass. You believe the Lord's coming back? He is. He said he was. Are you ready for it? You know, if he were to come back right now, would you be embarrassed uh, because you hadn't made things right with him? Um, there were some believers in uh, Thessalonica that Paul wrote to. And in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, uh, he, he said in verse number 1, he says, Now we, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. In other words, the, with the idea that the Lord's going to be coming back and we're going to be gathered together with him. He, he says in verse 2, That ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled. Neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. You know, a lot of folks uh, were thinking that, uh, uh, man, uh, we must be in a tribulation period. Well, I'm hearing that from some believers in our day and time. Well, you know, they, they've moved from, from being pre-trib rapture, which was where we stand, but they're moving away from that because they see all the stuff coming. And I've been, I've been saying for almost 15 years now that we're probably going to see some tribulation. We're probably not, not the tribulation, but we're going to see some tribulation. We're going to see some persecution you know, before that day takes place. He says in, in, in verse in, uh, six, uh, here in Second uh, Thessalonians two verse three he says, "Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that uh, that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition." Listen, we see a falling away in our country, do we not? That means that we're we're near to the Lord coming back, and when we're snatched out of here, then the that man of perdition is going to be revealed. <laughs> He's going to be. But that mystery of iniquity, look at verse 7, But for the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who, letteth, uh, who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Talking about the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, when we're taken out of here as believers, going to be, think about it, nobody is going to be indwelt with the Holy Spirit that's left behind. You think it's wicked now? Wait till there's no uh, restraining uh, uh, force. 
Wait till there's no restraining force. But, you know, we, we can see the mystery of iniquity working. We see it, but, uh, listen, don't, don't let circumstances change your Bible doctrine because of what God says is going to take place is going to take place. Believers should realize that God even uses disruptive situations to accomplish His work. Whether sometimes it's to punish nations. Sometimes it's to punish nations. I, I think all that we see in our nation as far as the floods and the fires and the, I mean, I can't even name all the stuff that we've seen just in the previous few months. <laughs> but you, you think about God uses disruptive situations to accomplish His work. Sometimes it's to punish nations. Sometimes it's to show His power. Or even sometimes it's to advance the gospel. Think, think about it during Paul's, uh, when Paul, before he got saved, remember what he was doing? He's persecuting the church. In fact, you can read about that. I'm not going to turn and read this morning for sake of time. But Acts chapter number 8, verses 1 through 4 tell us that, you know, uh, he was, there was a lot of persecution that was going on. What did persecution do? It, it, it disrupted the church such that people spread out. And when they spread out, they went wherever they was going and preached Jesus. <laughs> and people were getting saved in other places uh, because of the disruption, disruption that the Lord allowed to come there in, in the area of, uh, of the uh, persecution that was going on. The question is, listen, the question is for us this morning, are we more interested in how we feel or in coping than we are in what God is doing. Man, we all look at, at the things that are happening and say, you know, God's at work. I can clearly see that God is at work. Man, it's getting close to the time, so I better keep short accounts with God. I better be faithful to God because He's fixing to come back. And, you know, we're to be encouraging one another to be more faithful as we see that day approaching. That's what the Hebrews, book of Hebrews tells us by, about forsaking not the assembly. We must trust in God's providence and His omniscience. Uh, I do want you to turn here. Uh, look at uh, Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6. We're to trust in God's providence and in, in His omniscience. God, God knows about everything that's happening. But, but God cares for His own. Trust in His providence. So look at uh, Matthew 6. And uh, I want us to begin reading verse 25. Verse 25. Uh, and this is the Lord Jesus speaking. He says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. It's not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, 
They toil not, neither do they spend. And yet I say unto you that, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? So when we get our hearts stirred with fear rather than faith, that's a problem, you know. Little faith is a problem. Look at verse 31. Therefore, and here's that phrase again, take no thought. In other words, don't worry, okay? Take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do, do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. God knows. God cares. We can trust in his providence and his omniscience. Amen? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient of the day is the evil thereof. Right, just take it one day at a time. No matter what life's uncertainties are, we should seek God's kingdom and his righteousness in our, in, in our lives. Amen? Seek God's kingdom. Uh, let God rule your life. <laughs> In the kingdom, you got a ruler. If it's God's kingdom, who rules? God does. <laughs> Amen? Let God rule and, and let His righteousness uh, be show, shown in your life. Freedom from anxiety is one of the inward evidences of seeking the kingdom of God first. Here's another thing. We must recognize God as our refuge and help because he is the one in control. Now we're almost done, but I want you to turn to this. Look at Psalm 46. Psalm 46. We're nearing the end, okay? Nearing the end. But Psalm 46, I do want you to see these. We must recognize God as our refuge and help because he is the one who is in control. Psalm 46, verse number 1. Uh, well, look at what the psalmist says here. God is our refuge and strength. What is a refuge? It's a place you can run to in time of trouble. <laughs> God is our refuge and strength. In other words, He'll give you strength to make it through the time of trouble. <laughs> I would call that a very present help in trouble. That's what He calls it, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, look at this, Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, and always, no matter what happens, no matter how bad it gets or, or what comes our way, we're going we're gonna to look to the Lord as our refuge and our strength and as our help in time of trouble. Look at verse number 10. Verse number 10 and 11. Be still, God says, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Amen. Uh, uh, Psalm 124 verse number 8 says, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Here's another thing. We must seek to redeem the opportunities God gives us as he works in the uncertainties of life. Do opportunities come up when things happen? They do, don't they? You have an opportunity to be a witness through, uh, through the fact that you have a firm 
firm faith in, in, in Christ, you, you're not filled with fear. Then People not seeing fear out of you. They're seeing calmness. They're seeing peace. And I say, how in the world can you be so full of peace and calmness with all that's going on? Well, i got Jesus in my heart. Let me tell you about Him. Amen? Ephesians 5, verse 15 through 17 says, See that you, then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Talks about redeeming the time there. Colossians 4, verse 5 and 6 also talks about it. It says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned them with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. In other words, get, be ready to speak for the Lord, on behalf of the Lord. As believers, we should maintain an attitude that God is in control, and we're going to use whatever comes our way as an opportunity to serve Him as His vessels for His glory. Amen? Looking for opportunities in the lives of others. That means being sensitive to the needs of, of those that God puts in our path. Uh, another thing is making the most of the opportunities in our own life. And making sure to reflect on how, how close we really are to standing before our Lord. You realize how close we are to the Lord coming, but you realize how close we are to death even? I mean, there, there are people this week that have gone on to meet the Lord that thought they had assurance that they were going to live a lot longer than what they've lived. I'm just thinking of some of the shootings that have taken place this past week. Huh? Psalm 90 verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. So in conclusion, do you have peace, God's peace, for whatever might come our way? Do you acknowledge God's sovereignty in all the affairs of life? the good and the bad. Let me share with you th uh, three quick scriptures, and then I want to read uh, something that I found just yesterday as I, was, I, I had already prepared the message, and boom, I said, man, this, this words it very well. But Romans 8, 28 says, we know that all things, what does all mean? All means all, and that's all that all means, <laughs> okay? All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. doesn't mean all things are good, but God works all things together for our good that know Him and love Him, and that we're called for His purpose. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. I hope you grabbed a hold of that while we were preaching this this morning. Ephesians 6, verses 10 and 11. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Yes, there's plenty of wiles going on right now. Make sure that you have the full armor on. Now, here's a quote. Now, I don't know this fellow that I'm quoting, but it's a good quote, okay? Uh, never heard of Paul David Tripp. He might not, I, I don't know what kind of preacher he is, uh, but uh, let, let, me, let me give you a quote, what he says. He says, you will always be confronted with the unplanned and the unexpected. All of this is because you don't rule your own life, and you don't write your own story. And the one who does rule and write doesn't tell you everything about your life and his plan. No, he tells you things you need to know to live as you were designed to live, and then He graces you with His presence and His power. 
because He controls the details of your life, He is always near at any moment. You can reach out and touch Him. Rest is only ever found in trusting the one who has everything figured out for your good and his glory. Because he is wise, gracious, and faithful, and powerful, he is worthy of your trust and is alone able to give your heart rest. When I found that yesterday after I had prepared the message, I said, spot on. Amen. I'm going to close with that. And with that, I close. Amen. Where are you? Are you ready for what's coming? Whenever it comes and whatever comes, I trust that you are. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning for uh, the assurance of your word. We thank you, Lord, for being a God that's in control and a God that loves us, a God that provides for us. And, Lord, what a blessing it is to, to have your peace in our lives. Help us to, to not be uh, stirred to, to fear uh, anything but you. Our fears are not to be of what we see coming. Our fears to be of the Lord. Our fears to be of you. And if we fear you, then we realize that there's nothing that's going to be able to affect us in what you would consider a negative way. As I said earlier, the worst that the world can do is take away our physical life. And that will usher us into your presence. Help us to keep that in mind. Lord, I don't know if there's somebody here that needs your peace. They haven't had peace with you because the blood's not covered their sins. If that be the case, help them to come get saved this morning. Lord, for those of us that do know you, are, are we living full of your Spirit? Thank you for the Holy Spirit of God that you give us, but it, you know, it's, it it's behooves upon us to be filled with Spirit. We can have the Spirit uh, indwelling our life without being filled. Lord, help us to, to stay filled and as we're filled with the Spirit, we'll have that love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. The, the fruit of the Spirit is going to manifest itself. And part of that fruit of the Spirit is that peace. Thank you for that. Lord, help us to see that you are in control. And Lord, help us to, to properly trust you, to trust in you with all our heart and not lean on on our own understanding but in all of our ways to acknowledge you and look to you to direct our paths we pray all this in jesus name amen let's stand with heads bowed and eyes closed